You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, hey, folks, it's Robert, and I'm happy to welcome you back to the Fair Game podcast today. This is Fair Game number 289. On today's show, we welcome a swashbuckling entertainer with a plan to pillage the podcast. From Groton, Vermont, I did not know there were pirates in Vermont, but we're going with it. This is Daniel Jolly, a.k.a. Pirate Man Dan. Dan, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Robert. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, it's an honor to be on the podcast with all the other great performers and, and concessionaires and people of note in the industry. Um, it's been quite a source of knowledge and and a point of happiness. Well, I, 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 okay, you're, it's getting deep in here, Dan. It's getting a little deep. <laughs> you don't have to go that far. Listen, uh, I appreciate it, and and we've really enjoyed doing the podcast. But let's focus on you here. You're based out of Vermont. You're the first person from Vermont we've had on the show. Um, it's one of the few states I actually have not traveled to yet. I've been to I want to say forty two or forty three states haven't been to Vermont yet. So why Vermont for you? Well, you know, I was, I was cursed to be born here. I, I mean, uh, I was born here <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's better. Don't forget really you're good. talking to a guy who was born in New Jersey. So when you're talking about curses, <laughs> well, I, I don't have much issue as far as, as being here, other than the fact that there's 700,000 people in this state. Um, it's really, really small. And so, um, you know, as a fair performer, it's kind of funny right off that the reason I'm in fairs is because the market here was so small that I just started um, traveling and starting doing events outside of the state. But as far as what it's like to live in Vermont, I mean, we have four months of good weather and then eight months of snow, including this month. Um, and uh, those, those yeah, so when you say there's really nice. But when you say there's 700,000 people in the state, Right now you're lying because have them down here at the Clay County Fair in Florida, and I promise you, at least half of them are down here right now. <laughs> I would I would agree with you there. I, I I would I would totally agree with you on on them all. Kind of leaving the state outside of skiing, um, and especially this year with with all the COVID COVID stuff. Like I mean, nobody nobody's around. Everybody's either hiding right. or they uh, they've left. So they're all hibernating up there yeah. in the snow. But it is so, uh, it is maple syrup season, so that's uh, that's where all of my friends that are working it seems are are operating right now. And uh, it's funny because this would be the time that things would start waking up here, you know, with with maple festivals in particular yeah. um, before before all of that. But yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pretty state. It's a secluded state. It's a nice state for me to kind of go back and, you know, I I gotta drive. 45 minutes till I can get to a, you know, a Walmart. So there's just, there's just nothing close to me as far as, uh, as that. And I, I, I do kind of enjoy that rest after having a hectic season. So it takes you 45 minutes to get to Walmart. Yeah. So it's just like LA. The only difference is your Walmart's actually 45 minutes away. Their Walmart is two blocks away and it takes you 45 <laughs> minutes. So this is, this is my car. To- yeah, it's great to have you on the show, man. Tell us a little bit about Pirate Man Dan and your pirate act. All right. So the way the whole act started, I, I should back up a little bit. My family were professional clowns growing up. There were six of us kids. They did things as a part-time um, environment. They just did it on the weekends. And as a child, I had no choice to be in the entertainment industry. So going forward, you know, I worked as a clown um, as because I was homeschooled as well. Like I learned all of the circusy artsy stuff from unicycling to juggling to balloons, really kind of 
focus on some different things. And then um, when I hit 16, there was a fair that was about 15 minutes from me. So at least there's fairs close. Um, it is agricultural land after all. And um, they picked me up and I realized really quickly, and I, it's going to sound terrible about the money, but originally that's exactly what it was, was that as a 16 year old kid, I was able to pick up a fair that was 15 minutes down the road. And I realized I could either do one fair or I could do like 15 birthday parties during that weekend. Right. Um, so for work me, that made smarter, sense. not work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my, my family also had horses growing up and like I worked on farms. So agriculture was also in my blood and it just, I seemed to fit very well in that industry. So fast forward it to like, um, 20, I went to college to be a pastor. That's a whole nother story for a year. Came wow. back. We'll bring and, you back on another episode. I got to yeah, hear that one. Yeah, um, came back. And within a month of being back in Vermont, as I was just kind of deciding where where life was going to take me, um, I got contracted by a, a railroad that had me perform. Basically, it was like a theme park. And I did three shows before this train left. And then I was on the train twisting balloons. So because of that enabled to me, be, I was at 21 um, and officially, you know, as an adult, or 20, and I was able to be a full-time performer. So this is still as a clown. So fast forward to that, I was still clowning. Um, I was picking up more and more fares um, as time went on. And then it was, um, I believe it was 2016. Uh, 2016 was the whole clown scare um, as our, as our uh, news will call it, where basically that, that whole the movie it was coming out the newer movie it was coming out the, the previous year um but or no the following year but there was there was a photo taken from new hampshire and they took that photo they brought it down you know on a meme and said these clowns were behind a, a complex in north carolina that's what shot oh, that whole thing out that clowns were were everywhere so now i'm as operating as a clown um that really did affect me that year everybody wow. Everybody was, you know, looking at me and, you know, they were like, oh, I'm afraid of clowns even more than they always were. Because, you know, you kind of always had a little bit of that. But I was a full white face clown. Like you, I, I took off my makeup. Nobody knew who I was. So I was down in, um, I was down in Georgia. I was doing the Georgia Mountain Fair and I was on stilts, you know, so I'm a really tall, creepy clown now compared to, <laughs> you know, what everybody's saying. And this little old lady and she was, she was packing, you know, <laughs> she, she was weaponized and she's got her, she's got her, um, uh, basically her walker with her and Georgia mountain fair is just one of those fairs where it's just up and down and she's walking by and she looks at me and she says, you know, you're awful brave to be dressed like that. And then she like throws her hip to the side and shows me that she's got a pistol on her. <laughs> and she said it out of total jest, mm. you know, I laughed, she laughed like that was it. <laughs> While I was there, I was called oh. by multiple radio stations as well as my local Vermont um, TV stations because this had become such a big deal. Well, the cool thing is that that spring, um, when I talk about the pirate character, I had decided that when, when I was doing a lot of these small fairs in Vermont, that a lot of these small fairs didn't have stages. And I was racking my brain as to how to figure out how to do how to, you know, they didn't have a PA system. They didn't have all of that. And how could I create a mobile stage? And honestly, when it came with the pirate character, that was, that was a problem I was trying to solve was I was seeing this issue. And so I, 
I, I figured, oh, well, how can I make a, a platform? And I thought maybe I could do a mobile ninja. Maybe I could do a mobile, just a bunch of different things. And yeah. I was like, a boat. I can make a boat. So, like, I can now drive into an event, stop, have the PA system, electricity, everything on board, and then be able to do a show completely surrounded, almost like a street performer would for these smaller events. So that's, that's why I created, uh, I mean, that's what I was creating that year when that happened. So fast forward to that winter. And um, I had already had this in creation during that time. And it was such a great thing because I had, I think it was like 21 fairs um, in 2016. And by 2017, all but three of them switched over to the pirate character. And of wow. course I added some as well. So basically this character, it was, it was funny before I'd done the Florida fair convention with you, but before I'd even created this, this, like the ship or this character, or even the gun, I had created all the marketing materials for it, had a cartoon designer, sent it across the country, said, Hey, this is what I've got. And it really picked up by, you know, by, by storm. And, uh, you know, I think it was, it was in 2019, I had over 45 inquiries that I had to reject just due to dates, wow. um, just due to that. And it was, it was a really cool thing because as a clown, it was, it was very, very hard outside of my local area to expand because how do you differentiate yourself? Sure. Um, so as I talk about this particular character, this particular character was an extension of the whole clown character of just, you know, I, as a clown, it, if I look at a child in, a, in just a passing way that is assumed to be negative, people will freak out. That's just the way that it was at that point, you know, of just, oh, that clown's staring at me. Sure. Now, if a pirate, if I literally yell at a child, and I don't, but if I literally yell at a child, the parents like, do it again. He deserves it because you're, you're a right. pirate. And I, I do enjoy that freedom of those same people that were, were going around and saying, you know, oh, clowns, bad clowns, were the same people who come up and give you a high five. And yeah. it's, um, it, it does get a little backwards there, um, yeah. where, you know, as a, as a pirate, you're the cool guy and they love you. And then as a clown, you're the same person, same performer. And they're like, nah, we're just right. not going to happen. Let, let's talk about your show specifically. Um, what are you doing? Juggling magic? Like, what are you doing in the show? Right. So it is, you know, I, it's such a weird topic because everybody almost answers the same in the fair industry when they come from the roots that I do. Almost everybody's like, it's a variety show. Um, <laughs> the way that I pen it is it is a comedy magic variety danger escape show featuring Pirate Man Dan. And so think of it like I've always been big about audience participation. So I, I mean, especially as I look at <laughs> this year and not being able to use people like this, it's been like my, the crux of like, you don't don't put me in an area where nobody's going to watch me. I, I really do need people as far as the my show show is concerned. And my show right. is between 25 to 40 minutes. And, you know, basically um, it's, you know, unicycle acts, knives, um, an escape act. I, I do do the giant balloon climbing balloon as a ties right into well to the tight cool. spaces that a pirate would have to deal with. But then also, you know, bef before I created the pirate ship, I've created other moving things that were on fairgrounds particularly clown cars so like the pirate ship is all electric and i built it on a differential back end system which means it can do a zero turn in one spot like i can move like i've done some boat shows in the winter that are indoors and you know it allows me to be able to go around the events well i 
in the past, I had a clown car that I'd drive around and it would blow bubbles. And a lot of the events were like, well, if you can drive and you can do a show like that, that'd be cool. But could you just drive it around and just interact with people? Right. And Mm -hmm. more or less do the strolling act of it. And honestly, that first year, I don't think I did a single fair that that was just a show per se where I with the ship. With, the, with, with what I built it for. Everybody was like, can you just drive it around? Um, I've had Will Ferrell on my ship in New Hampshire while he was filming Step Brothers too. Um, but mm-hmm. like I can drop, you know, I can, I carry a bunch of props with me as far as that's concerned. And I stop and, you know, as you know, being a strolling character yourself, yep. a lot of times it's just photo after photo after photo yes. before you can even get a word out. And I mean, there's some fairs where I've stood in the same spot for an hour and it's like, well, I got this fun prop and people can get on it. Of course, I don't give rides. My insurance would kill me. Yeah, of course. Um, But, uh, you know, they can get on and take a photo with it. And so and and then also it blows bubbles. So like if I'm driving around a fairground, there's one particular fairground that I love. It's Deerfield Fair in New Hampshire. And they're a three mile loop. And all they want me to do is drive around my pirate ship. And it's not a loop. It's, you know, it's, it's a bunch of weird stuff. It takes me roughly two and a half hours to do the whole thing. And I'm just driving around blowing bubbles and, and basically that's it and stopping and taking photos. And, you know, you'll get, I, I've looked behind me and there's 60, 70 people and the kids are just spread out 50 feet on each side. And it's just, it changes the environment. I've got, you know, the yeah. music and fog and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So I, I think I veered off your question of exactly what my show is, but my, my show encompasses those two separate parts. Cool. Um, I'm just, I, I can come in, I can do a show, but that's not what makes me different. What makes me different is that I created this, this roving part of things that that's very, very sure. strong. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I can envision a, you know, a pirate ship floating around a fairgrounds as, as an attraction in and of itself. Yep. And, you know, you talk about sometimes you end up just getting stuck doing photo after photo after photo. And sometimes performers don't like that. They want to go be able to interact more and, and present, but at the end of the day, we're making guests happy. And if they're happy taking photos, take the photos. Let's talk briefly um, about 2020. <clears throat> Let's go back. I know it's not the best year to talk about, but we're going to touch on it real quick. Mid-March 2020, the whole in- entire event industry goes off the rails. What's going through your mind as cancellations start to pile up? Um, well, I'll back up two months from that because I was in Singapore when the first cases came from Wuhan. It was during Chinese New Year. I mean, things were hitting there and going out and I was watching the COVID cases come in. I flew to the US. This was the end. By this point, we're talking about mid-February. Um, I had this weird feeling that things were going to go sideways, but it wasn't because of this. I I don't know why the feeling was. So I literally booked the next day (laughs) a ticket to Costa Rica last year. And so I was in Costa Rica when they started shutting the flights down. So now we're at the beginning of March and I'm in a foreign country and Europe gets shut down. China had already been shut down for I think a month about coming into the US um, directly, but like Europe had not. And so suddenly everybody around me was terrified and I got home and within two days, they completely shut down everything from Costa Rica. And it was a good thing I, I didn't stay. So I had been with people that had a very open mind because they were travelers right and they were watching this and we were seeing the first the first newspapers it was very interesting to see singapore was was full-on blaming china and saying they were using this as a way to eradicate their older people like that was what was in their newspapers in february um, before we started shutting things down here so we get here 
and within, you know, I'm, I'm in Vermont, which is a cold state anyway. And the first calls start coming in of, of shutting down in May. And I'm thinking, you know, all the way out to May. And I'm thinking, May, like we're, we're in March now. What, why, you know, why the heck are you cutting down for Memorial Day events? Right. right? Uh, and I think all of us in the industry, I can tell you across everybody in the podcast, we all were thinking, you know, this would be a couple of months by June, we'd all be rocking and rolling. Right on. Right on. And that that was my thought as well. And then things started shooting even farther. Now, I am from Vermont. Vermont has its perks. There are some negatives here. Um, one of the facts is that we're a very socialist state. And as a socialist state, the main thought is let's protect the health of people. Um, regardless of business or quality of life, keeping people, I guess, alive um, has been the point. So we... We up until like our three months of, of summer, we didn't have a single death, not a single death here in Vermont. Granted, we're a small state. We've still only had um, a little over 200 people pass from COVID and 90% and of them have been over 70. So like we've not, we never saw the COVID wave, but we saw the COVID effect, um, you know, as far as people. I, I, I know very few people who've actually caught COVID up here just because we've been so protected. So our governor went out and this was the death blow. It was, I believe the, the second week of May, he came out and he said, no fares for the rest of the year. And it was like a gavel. It was like, boom. It was like, excuse me. And That's in rough. one sentence, you just, and not only that, it was craft fairs. It was anything that had fair in the name shut down right until December. Now this was May. So I think everybody was shocked. You're like, excuse you for the rest of the year right until December, that's the plan. And so everything went down really, really hard. Now I do uh, seven to nine Vermont fairs a year. So yeah. like when they went down, like I still, I, you know, I have some shootouts in Indiana or, or Georgia or, or wherever else, you know, that I still was, you know, holding out hope for <laughs> that they would run. But um, when he did that, it, it shut down. It, it, it killed my spirit because, uh, even I knew that even as a performer, if I could perform, I, I do have some other stuff in the fair industry that I could back myself up in, in the vendor realm. And I, I it, it, was, it was game over. It was game yeah. over. So at that point, how many events did you have cancel in 2020? I had roughly 33. Now, how many? Did I'm sorry, you get 33 fairs. I had 33 fairs as a performer. I had 24 um, that canceled. Wow. But I, I have did some vendor stuff. that. Did you get to perform fairs. at all? Yes, I did uh, Greater Gulf State Fair in Mobile, Alabama. Josh Woods coming in in the clutch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that was, I tell you, as a, as a mental health reprieve, um, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I'd be looking at for 2021 if I wasn't able to do just that one. Yeah. I did do a random um, uh, one day off event where I was able to do a show um, in July. Uh, but other than that, that was it. It was it was that one, and, and and it was great to be at a fair. Of all things, it was a fair. It was, you know, as yes. far as events. Yeah, the, I, we, we only got one in last year, uh, and then I kind of got stuck in New Mexico over the winter. I'm, you know, as I mentioned on the, on the show, I'm down here in Florida at the Clay County Fair. Vanilla Ice performed last night. That was wild, <laughs> by the way. It was wild seeing the number of, like, 40 and 50-year-olds at his show. <laughs> <laughs> we're all getting old um but you know Tasha and her team down at Clay County have just absolutely crushed it and it just felt so nice to get back out to a fair you know to see yeah. the Ferris wheel it up and um and 
and hear Pamela Rosaire because she's got Rosaire's racing pigs to hear her oh, yeah, attention no, on the no, fairgrounds, well. attention on the fairgrounds. Like yeah. it's it's a big deal, and you you don't realize it until you, you get back, and then you realize just what how much you missed and, and and how much it meant it means to all of us to be out at these events. So. I'm really hoping that as we move forward in 21, more of these fairs get open. I uh, gut feeling. I think more and more are going to the big thing was that Disneyland finally got cleared to open it at like 25 per 30%, something like that effective April 30th. Right. That was the big thing for the industry because once that happened, California really couldn't tell fairs. You're not allowed to open because right. Disney can get it off. Then, then so the fairs can pull this thing off too. And let's let's look at at 21 here. We're just past the first quarter of 2021. We got some fairs feeling optimistic, others maybe not so much. What are your feelings moving forward in 21 as we continue to navigate this COVID landscape? As far as my tour and where I sit in the fair world, I think I'm very hopeful. I'm very very hopeful past Labor Day. Yeah. Um, like I I I would be. I, I think that any any fairs that aren't running, even up in Vermont and New Hampshire, which, you know, like I said, we, we just don't see the huge case counts and never have or death counts. Um, for them not to give the okay past Labor Day would be surprising. Now, I will say as much as, as our governor shut down our fairs last year, he also gave um, basically $500,000, which for Vermont, that's a lot because we have small fairs. To right. be distributed among our, I think it's 11 or 12 total fares, depending on, you know, how that sits. So like every fare basically got around 40,000 plus. Some of the fares didn't get anything and some got a lot. So like, and he, I, I just talked to a fair, Memorial County Field Days, Johnson, Vermont. They're a tiny three-day, um, fourth weekend of July. And the governor has told them that they're going to run. Um, and, you know, I... I, just a side note, I own an airbrush tattoo unit, um, which I've kind of been thinking about retiring for a while, but like, and I told her, she's like, are you going to bring that? And I was like, well, it's touching people. It's like, I can't have my stat, taf, staff touching people, even if performing. And her response was, oh, COVID's not going to be even worry, according to our governor. And, <laughs> and you're going to be able to do that. And, I, you know, I kind of furrowed my brows and, and just kind of responded, oh, yeah, okay. Um, so you have that, that that's, you know, I, I had that response. And then there's another fair, which I love Spencer fair in Massachusetts. I've been doing them for years and they're during labor day and they are so solidly set on the governor right now has said capacity limit 150. doesn't matter what it is. So they're not even planning on running. They're like, we're going to throw something together last minute, but at this moment we're not planning. Wow. And I fully have, I have full confidence in that fair that they can run something like yeah. three weeks prior. Um, I know their carnival company and I know that they can, they can jump right in if they, if they need to. But um, as for me, it's, it's so mixed. I, I think that, you know, a lot of the contracts as far as a performer and you know, I'm in this industry just like you are because, because of the love for it. Like I started it because it was for the money as a, as a 16 year old, this is dang good money as a, as a full grown adult gets a little bit harder, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and yes, you know, I jumped in it because of that, but now it's a passion. I love the fairs. I love the agricultural side. I love those type of people. I love the way they think. I love the, you know, the vendors and just a conglomerate of, of you, you've got this guy from Texas with his Texas food ranch. You got the guy who's running um, the petting zoo, and you, you know you you've just and then you got Frank from down the street who doesn't have a car, and he just walked to the fair, and they're all together. 
Yeah. Right. And we just work in a harmonious way for that week. And it's a micro city and it's, and people are smiling and laughing. And, and I, I just, I can't get enough of that environment. And it's frankly, while I'm still in it is I just love seeing that. Of course, also the hardworking matter of, I enjoy being around farmers. Those guys are the no nonsense, even though yep. they think that us entertainers are weird. Be, like, I think they're <laughs> we weird. Are and weird. I think there's, there's we are weird, cool. Dan. Have you been to one of our trade shows? We're yes. weird. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for me, I think, I think I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for maybe a 50% of a season. My season technically didn't really start until June 1st. Granted, you know, I'm looking at right now, there might be one in Indiana. I'll do the beginning of July, but officially starting until the, you know, the end of July. And I, I'm hopeful for what's going forward. As far as that dates have changed. Um, yeah. I, I did, um, unfortunately, I, I don't know if it's with the Northeast in particular, which is where my stronghold is, but a lot of these fairs have just gotten really silent. Um, and getting, getting responses from them has been hard. I know that the one fair, like Lamoille, which I talked to just a few days ago, she was a director and she said five of the directors are gone now. So I do know a lot of these wow. fairs are new faces and in the Northeast, connections are everything and I made connections with these people and these people are now gone and so as, as you probably know you've been there for years you've established something you've established a following and then you can go on to the the social media and they're asking the public do you know any good entertainers who want to perform here and it's like you know it's just it's just well, the there's turnover of the there's change people yeah. you know and that's one of the things that's happened with COVID is that those longtime people that were there in some cases may not be there anymore, especially, you know, if affairs had to make furloughs or lay people off, people can only hold out so long before they got to go try to get a job someplace else. And yep. maybe that job is temporary. And when the fair is 100% ready to come back, then they go back to the fair. Or maybe by the time the fair is ready to go, they say, eh, you know, I, this, this was working out for us and, and I'm not coming back. Right. All part of the mix. And it's all something that we're all going to have to adjust to moving forward. Listen, we're getting towards being out of time here, but yes, I wanted sir. to I wanted to flip it up on change subjects real quick. I was looking at your Facebook profile. It looks like you do a travel vlog. I watched one from your trip to Costa Rica. Tell us about that. You know, um, I since July, when when everything shut down, one one of the reasons, um, you know, I, you say travel vlog, is that last July when everything went down, I was like, well, I got to be doing something with my time, and right. I enjoy being in front of people. Not so hot about the Zoom shows. Never really jumped into that market. Um, I just want to be around people. So one of one of the goals of mine forever has been to document the backside of the fair industry. And so it was the end of July, and I was like, I'll take this course bought all the equipment, got pretty okay at it. And um, the goal was to, as I do these fairs, to tell some of the stories, kind of like you've got Carnival Eats, but I want to tell the story of that Carnival creator who's got, you know, or maker who's been around, you know, his family's been there for a hundred years. These are stories that aren't being told on a visual format. Right. And so I learned all of that last year. Now, now fast forward to Costa Rica, Costa Rica, I was there at the beginning of the pandemic last year. And the reason I went back to Costa Rica was because I looked at it as a bookmark. I think that, you know, I started in Costa Rica, I'm gonna end it in paradise and let's look forward as being a brand new year. Mentally, that's what I did. Plus it was my last practice before, in my opinion, before I can start the summer. So yeah. I learned, you know, I learned how to create video, learned how to tell stories. And I tend to find, I'm just one of those people 
I, I don't believe bad things happen to me. I think interesting things happen to me. <laughs> and I like I really, the attitude, Dan. I yeah. like the attitude. I really like telling those stories because those, you know, that happens all the time. Weird things happen in our industry of my car broke down and this weird thing happened, or you know, it, it's just where where we as a community came came together, or this weird guy who's not going to be much longer is at this fair, and I, I want to tell those stories. So, right. like as far as a travel vlog, I wanted, you know, it, it's super cool. You folks should check it out. But the reason I created it was it was my last practice of okay, I'm on the road, just like you're on the road right now, recording this in Florida. Yep. <laughs> as you, this is hard to create content while you're traveling to be able to sit down to be able to edit it and all of that. And Costa Rica was a way for me to be able, and it was really the only travel vlog, as you you say that I yeah. created eight episodes there. But it was the only way I could practice. Um, I think it's fabulous. So your your plan is to take that kind of format and then apply it to the fairs. A hundred percent. I'm That's also cool. I'm I'm interested in doing that as well as being able to focus, make micro commercials, and then I think down the road I'd start love to start. I would love to start. There we go. Creating <laughs> um, content, you know, as commercials for fairs as maybe as another business. Yeah. Um, seeing as I'm in the realm already, you know, there's a lot of commercials being made about the fairs from, you know, local outside companies where there's not really somebody in our realm already that's Correct. doing it. Yeah. Right. Well, I think if you, I think you got a winner there. If you're going to apply what you did on some of those videos in Costa Rica, if you're going to apply those to the, the fairs that you go to, I think you've got a winner. And not only that, I think you potentially put yourself in a position where, you might have, like you say, a second business of just doing that for yeah. pairs where maybe instead of so much pirate man, Dan, you roll out and they bring you in for a day or two days at the fair and you create a vlog based off of that kind of in the carnival eats. Uh, right. I, yeah. I think, I think you've got a winner. Um, listen, we're getting just about out of time here. I'm really glad you could be on the show today. Before we go, everyone who comes on my show goes through a little series of speed round questions. If All right. Any other episodes, you know how this goes. So I'm going to ask you these six questions. You give me your best answer. Dan, Dan, the pirate man. Are right. you ready? Well, I don't know. Am I, am I able to put on my uh, pirate a voice for this? You can do your pirate. That would All be right. We'll answer it in the pirate voice. And uh, that is a part of this character that is so different than any of my other characters. I've thrown on this accent, which totally changes the Mina and the game of this. So let's go. What am I doing? All right. Well, I didn't mean to make you laugh. I apologize. I'm just, just trying to do one. my thing here. <laughs> Question number one, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Not Doctor Who? No. <laughs> no. I, yeah. I should have switched it up to Doctor Who at the last second. No. Uh, next, next question. You have an opportunity to sing a duet with any artist. Who would you pick? Oh, any artist. This is hard. Elvis. Historical this person you most admire historical person i most admire oh man this is this is hard this is a hard answer for a quick question um oh historical you know johnny appleseed was a really nice guy when you fly do you prefer the window seat or the aisle seat window seat favorite place you've traveled favorite place you know i'm not going to be able to give you a, a quick answer to that it's about the people for me and it's not about like, I love meeting strange people. I love the US, I love the beauty, 
but I love in particular that for me, the beauty in the world happens to be who we are as individuals and the culture that we live in. So like, as you saw with the travel vlog, like I like going to places, not because of how cool it is and the structures, but the people, and frankly, people change all the time. So where I might not enjoy the city realm of New York city today, I might love it a lot tomorrow. So. Last question. Yeah. When you travel, name one item you absolutely must have with you. When I travel, I'm abs. Well, I mean, everybody must carry a, a pair of underwear, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am bare bones traveling. <laughs> At least have that. Oh my goodness! No All naked right, and Dan. afraid for me. <laughs> Dan, it's been great having you on the program. Where can people learn more about you and your show? Right. They can uh, check my website out at www.piratemandan.com. Um, as far as all of the, I mean, I have Pirate Man Dan on Facebook as well. I am just budding on the YouTube channel as we talk now. I'll probably have a channel up. Like I said, those videos were my last practice and, and soon I'll have a channel there underneath. It's a jolly world. My last name is Jolly. You could say I was born in this, <laughs> you know, being born in a clown family. It wasn't a coincidence. I was meant to be here guys. Um, so feel free to follow me um, on Facebook. And eventually you'll, if you're following me there or on my website, you'll be able to see where else I am. Excellent. Daniel Jolly, AKA pirate man, Dan. It has been a swashbuckling adventure today, sir. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And um, I hope to see you down the road. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com. 